Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast, and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to our Monday Night Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack. I've got our chief counsel, Richard Harris, here with us. And tonight we are going to have Dr. Candace Taylor with us. I got to meet her, I think, a couple of months ago when I was in Peachtree, Georgia. She ran for governor, mm. and she's got some very interesting things to share. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. But I tell you, uh, this will be good. You'll mm. learn some things tonight that I think will really make a difference. Mm -hmm. But we want you to be involved and to be a part of this. And so, Richard, tell them how they can get involved. And we've also got some things coming up, our we, Truth and Liberty yeah. Conference and some great things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Andrew. It's so good to have Candace with us. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, if you want to participate in tonight's show, all you have to do is post your comments and questions in the chat function on our website at truthandliberty.net. If you happen to be watching by Facebook, you can do it in the, in the uh, comment section there. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, we sure do encourage you to jump off of there and get right on our website at truthandliberty.net uh, so that you won't get censored. You won't, you'll have a reliable viewing experience. I have a feeling that might happen tonight. So uh, <laughs> YouTube is not one of our fans. I'll just say that. But uh, um, I wanted to mention um, we have some amazing events coming up this Sunday, August 28th here at Karis Bible College. Uh, we're the host. Now, we're not putting it on, but we're hosting a Students for Life event called Standing With Her Sunday. And Students for Life is one of our strategic partners, and uh, they are uh, going to have a, a whole list of amazing speakers for this. So we want to encourage everybody to check that out. You can find more information on standingwithhersunday.org. And then on September 8th through the 10th here at Karis Bible College is the Truth and Liberty Conference. This is the highlight of the year for Truth and Liberty. It is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm expecting over a thousand people here, Andrew. I just saw the registrations before we came on. It's already 961 registrations. That's It'll be awesome. much more by the time it happens. Well, the lineup is amazing. Uh, who's who's going to be here? Well, you're, you're speaking, of course, Mario Murillo, uh, David Barton, Eric Metaxas, uh, Pastor Rob McCoy out of California, who's a powerful minister. Uh, let's see, um, Lauren Bobert is going to be speaking, Lance Wallnow, E.W. Jackson. You know, this lineup, uh, Bill Federer, Janet Porter, trying to figure out who gets the A billing on this is impossible because they're, really powerful they're awesome. But you can check out details on truthandliberty.net and uh, be regist register for that. It's a free event, but if you need a meal, meal ticket, uh, you'll want to reserve that. The Minister's Conference, Andrew's been doing a Minister's Conference for 40 years, 40 years. Uh, and uh, it's an awesome time. That's coming up October 5th through the 7th. 
Andrew will be ministering along with Billy Epperhart, our CEO. Uh, Mario Marilla will be back with us. And Bob Yandy and Dwayne Sheriff, Mike and Carrie Pickett, and uh, Greg Moore. So if you're in full-time ministry, you need to come out and be a part of this event. Get recharged, get refreshed, make connections and friendships that will strengthen you in your ministry. And then the Women Arise event is coming up also November 3rd through the 5th, uh, also at Karis. Terry Savelle Foy is going to be ministering. And if you never heard her, she is really something. I love her ministry. She's a delight. And then also uh, Carrie Pickett again and Audrey Mack, uh, who is just amazing. She's one of our favorites. She was just with us at our Healing is Here conference, and she was awesome. I we saw probably 200 people instantly heal. I mean, healed during that service uh -huh. under her. And then we had Richard Roberts with us, and mm -hmm. he probably saw 200 people uh, heal. We probably saw at least 500 to 600 people that manifested a healing. It was incredible. It was there really were, good. The altar was full and there were people all over the place just yeah. testifying to God's healing power, wheelchairs and crutches and everything else being left behind. It was awesome. Well, um, you know, if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, can I encourage you to do that? In this day and age in which we're living, we need to get equipped so that we can stand up for truth in the public square, stand up for Christ and make a difference. And that's what we do with our subscribers is we send you the information, the resources you need. So just go on our website, truthandliberty.net, click subscribe, share your email address with us, and we'll put your name in a hopper, and, uh, and there'll be a free product giveaway. Uh, last week, we gave away Andrew's book, The True Nature of God, and I want to congratulate Martha Olson. You won that, so you'll be getting an email shortly about how you can claim that gift. This week, we're giving away a better way to pray. Um, th this book, I, I think I hear as many people say that this changed their lives as I do any of your books. That's a radical teaching, and it, uh, you know, to me, prayer is a religious thing that has become uh, powerless, really, because mm. the people don't do it right. There's a right and a wrong way to pray. Yeah. I start that book with saying that Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites, they love to pray. So my first chapter in there is hypocrites love to pray. <laughs> and I, I tell it. you what, it causes some problems. You can survive the first chapter, it's really good. Ruffle some religious feathers on that yep. one. I think that's awesome. And then uh, also, Truth and Liberty is doing amazing stuff, Andrew. We can't talk about all of it because it draws a lot of fire, but we're out there in the trenches every day uh, connecting with churches and pastors and equipping the body of Christ to make a difference here. If you believe in what we're doing, I want to invite you to become a member of Truth and Liberty. And you can do that by going on our website to the donate page and just sign up to make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month. And we welcome the more, but we welcome all of you. And even though you won't get tax credit because we're a 501c4, uh, God notices. And I believe he'll return that harvest to you. So thank you to all of our partners there. And then last thing is if you need prayer, uh, please call in at 719 uh, 635-1111 and a whole room full of trained spirit-filled prayer ministers are standing by to agree with you in prayer that your needs might be met. Thanks Richard and I just want to say I know that many of you watch this on a regular basis but Richard is doing an awesome job. I was talking to him a little earlier. I don't know how he does everything he's doing but it is making a big difference and you are going to see Colorado turned back Amen. to a red state. It's going to happen. I don't know if we'll get it in this election cycle, but we are laying the foundation, and most of it's because of this man right well, now. So God really, God. really blessed us with Thank him. You. So uh, Dr. Candace Taylor is our guest tonight, and I met her when I was in Peachtree City. My uh, nephew and niece hosted a meeting there, and they asked me to come speak, and I got to meet uh, Dr. Taylor and also uh, Congressman Heiss, in the same day and heard some of their stories about the things that they've endured 
getting involved in politics. And I tell you, it was encouraging to me mm. because it makes my stuff look small in comparison. <laughs> These people have been attacked. So anyway, Candace ran for governor. She's a, a member, she's an educator and a member of a local board of education, but she ran for governor in this last cycle during the primaries. And according to the count, uh, didn't qualify, but uh, mm. it's dubious, this count. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's the background here. And Candace, we want to welcome you to Truth and Liberty. Thank you so much for coming on and being with us tonight. Thank you all so much for having me. You're a blessing, and I got to meet you and prayed for your daughter. She had, uh, what, type 1 diabetes, and I prayed with she, her. And she, she does, but she's not going to continue to have it. That's she's right. getting better every day. And they said and that I they're able to cut back on the insulin, so that's really great. Yep. I told your nephew the other day, gave him an update, I think he said he was going to tell you. We saw him when Flashpoint was in Atlanta. And he said, how's your daughter? And I said, she's still getting better, and she still is. We backed out off on insulin two days ago. And so I told you earlier before we got on, it's either once a day or at least two to three times a week that we're backing off on insulin. We've not increased since you prayed for her. So God is healing her. And I, the more she prays over herself, the more I'm seeing it come faster. So, Okay, so you ran for governor in this last election cycle. Why did you get involved in politics? What motivated you? Well, I had a dream, actually, that I was speaking in front of about 500 people. And as I was speaking, the whole I was saying, we're going to put morality over money in Georgia. Hollywood's not going to come to Georgia and tell us what to do. China's not going to come to Georgia and tell us what to do in our elections. We're going to put morality over money. And when I woke up, God would not let me go about this. And 10 years ago, Dr. Ben Carson spoke at my commencement at Regent when I got my Ph.D. in counseling. And he said, if you don't get involved, we're going to lose our country because of political correctness and the national debt. And those are the two things that are so prominent today with inflation the way it is and us being silenced as patriots and Christians for saying the truth and standing up for what's right. And so I just knew that I had to get involved. I wanted the people to have a choice that wasn't bought and would not be bought. And that's what I did. And I, when I over the state, I've had about 60,000 people that signed up to either donate, volunteer, get a newsletter, and I ended up with 41,000 votes. That doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> you can't make it make sense. And didn't you say that there was actually some counties where you were registered with no votes and yet you got affidavits that people in that county did vote for you? Yeah, so after the primary, I didn't know what to do. We had worked on 2020 for so long, doing open records requests and analyzing data. And so we had a team, a national team, actually Mr. Mike Lindell's team, they looked at all the, the results from the election night and they could tell that I had exactly 5% of Governor Kemp's total. So as the votes were coming in, you could multiply his total by 0.05 and you got my exact total the entire night. My graph lines up perfectly over his graph, just 5%. So we knew there was something wrong because that's statistically impossible, but we just didn't know what. And so I was praying, 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 and the Holy Spirit just kept speaking to me about affidavits. And I had served Governor Kent with an affidavit actually myself during the during the election cycle demanding an audit. And so I know about affidavits. I you know go represent children in court and deal with sexual offenders and that kind of thing. So I've written many of affidavits, but I'd never thought about getting my voters to do one. It's a legal document. And so I knew if I got affidavits of voters, that could go to court. It could even go to the Supreme Court. So I had this idea and I kept 
kind of brushing it off. You know how when the Lord tells you something and you're like, mm, is that me or is that God? Well, then one of Mike Lindell's attorneys, he said, you know, Candace, we filed lawsuits from 2020 and none of them have worked. But you have such a big ground game with all these volunteers. Why don't you do affidavits of your voters? And I said, well, you know, the Lord told me to do that. And I ignored him for about a month. So let's do that. So when I did that, I found I had significant results. And one thing is that there was a county and it was Fulton County. There was a precinct in Fulton County where I showed zero votes. Actually, the only one vote Republican cast in that county went to David Perdue. But there were 17 votes li voters listed from the Secretary of State that they voted in the Republican primary. So there's 16 voters missing. Their vote didn't even count. And some of those have been affidavit for me. So the same thing happened in DeKalb, the Democrat seat, and they did a paper count and found thousands of votes, and that person ended up winning. So I don't know why they gave the paper count to the Democrat, but they would not give it to me. Hmm. And that was just one of the issues. We found many issues with these affidavits. So we're kind of trying to decide how we're going to proceed with litigation. And so there's nothing being done. You've got a Republican-controlled Congress there in Georgia, right? And yet they aren't taking any stance on this election integrity at all. Is that correct? They got the majority in the Senate, the majority in the House, all the four top seats, the governor's, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, and AG. They're all Republicans, and they refuse to count the paper. That's weird. And you know what I know about men that win and are very competitive? They like to show they're, they're, they're spoiled the war, right? So if they won and they won fairly, they would be like, yeah, let's count that paper. Let me show you how bad you lost and how, how well I've won. But they don't want to show it, and it doesn't make sense to me. You know, people think of Georgia as being a conservative state, and yet what you're saying is even, the, even though they've got Republicans in control, uh, it's, it's not conservative at all. It's crooked. Like. We're in the Bible Belt. We do. I mean, my slogan was Jesus, guns, and babies, and it resonated with Georgia because that's what we believe in. We believe in Jesus and worshiping Him, and we believe in our Second Amendment, and we believe in protecting life. We're so excited about the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And right after the election, the Supreme Court, they, made, they passed all three things in our slogan in one week. It was like prophetic. Praise the and Lord. then after that happened, we had an uh, executive order for the Georgia Guidestones, which was a satanic monument, and they were struck by lightning. So someone said, what else did Candace talk about? Because everything she says came in true. <laughs> and I said, what me? It was the Lord. But it's what he wanted. It was his heart for Georgia. And we're just seeing, you know, our elected officials totally ignore the will of the people and what the people want. And the people are so upset. They're angry. They're restless. They just want to know that their elections are fair and legal. Well, Candace, you mentioned the Georgia Guidestones. I hadn't heard of that until we were talking right before the deal. Would you please share that? Because there may be people watching this that don't know what you're talking about. What is it? So in 1980, there were these Guidestones. They're a monument, um, granite, that was erected. And they have, they're in eight languages. But the one that's in English is a new world order. It talks about population control of 500 million, which would eliminate, you know, billions of people from our earth and it talks about fertility and one language and just this whole idea of a one world order and that was you know they've been around for 41 years they were erected the year i was born actually and so i thought well, maybe the lord wanted me to tear them down since i was mm -hmm. born that year i don't know that i just i 
been there. I've heard about them. I went and, and looked at them because people go and pray. They pray that they'll come down. And, and when I was there, you see people going and taking flowers and doing incantations and there's drone footage over the top where there's blood on the top of them where they've been sacrifices up there. And so, you know, there's people have been pro they've prophesied that they were like, the, it's a gateway state, Georgia's a gateway state, and that these are like the open opening to the satanic church for America. And so I just really had it on my heart that God does not want this in my state. And I said, when I become the governor, I'm going to defund that county and from the governor's office until they feel enough pressure to, to destroy them via bulldozer. And they were struck with lightning the first week of July. And wow. then the rest of them were destroyed via bulldozer. Well, that's awesome. Makes you think that that was divine intervention. So where, was, divine, where were yeah. those stones? They were in Elbert County. It's up near Athens, near the University of Georgia, not far at all. And I'm four and a half hours from there. <laughs> but the news media, mainstream media, you know, they went crazy and said, well, Candace Taylor was talking about them and she brought them in the news and she was, you know, brought attention to them. So she must have had something to do with it. And I was like, I'm, I'm not that powerful to call lightning from heaven, but they want to give God credit. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he can we... Do we also mentioned about Raphael Warnock, who's a senator from Georgia, and Herschel Walker, who's a famous football athlete, but also an outspoken Christian, is running against him. And I've seen some things that they're saying that the race is relatively close. You were saying just the opposite. What is your feel for I that? I don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe it for a minute. Georgia, you know, even, we're, we're very conservative, but there are Democrats that's gonna vote for Herschel. They love Herschel Walker in Georgia. You know, he, in fact, I texted him the night that we won the national championship, and I said, well, well, Herschel, last time we won, I was born, I'd just been born, and you were playing. So this is a year of miracles, right? <laughs> and so he's such a great guy. He loves the Lord, and he's very highly intelligent. You know, they're trying to bring things up from his past. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But I know that he loves God, and so if he did anything he wasn't supposed to, I know he repented, and I know that the Bible says that, that God forgives us, and he casts as far as the east as the west. And so I trust him. He's a fighter. He's very humble to be as famous as he is. He is a truly humble man. So I just pray that he wins and we have a fair legal election. Well, I've heard that um, McConnell is trying to downplay the chances of the Senate being won back by the Republicans, and some people are now accusing him of actually trying to keep the things the way that they are, that he doesn't want to be a majority deal again. Do you have any feelings on this? Are you involved in any of that? Well, just that he's not really a Republican. I don't understand how people call themselves conservatives and they represent a party, but they get in there and it, it's just the establishment. It's the establishment versus us. We have very few elected. I think y'all mentioned Lauren Bobar earlier. She's one that is not part of the establishment, but there's very few of them that are actually in there that represent us. They get in there and they start playing the same game everybody else does, and they're so corrupt. And I think that the, the one you're talking about, Mitch McConnell, is right there with them. And I hope and pray that he is not the leader anymore, that they overturn that Senate and we move forward with true patriots. Well, Candace, Georgia was in the national headlines after 2020. You know, I think, wasn't that where they pulled the suitcases out from under the table full of ballots, you know, and they blocked the election observers from seeing what was going on and all kinds of other irregularities. And you've already told us about some tonight, but, and you've got a Republican legislature, Republican governor, and what has been done about election integrity there? Anything at all? 
but they passed Senate Bill 202, which kept them from mass mailing out absentees. So that was a positive move in the right direction. And But they made you have drop boxes, and we did not have that before, but now we have to, and there's, there's no chain of custody, and so it makes it a little bit sketchy. You know, we saw the whole 2000 Mules movie, and we, we know what happens with the drop boxes. Yeah. So they did some things. It's like they did a, went a step forward and took two steps backward. That's what I felt like with Senate Bill 202. But the whole thing with them that drives me crazy is that they don't want any checks and balances. There's no accountability. There's nothing to say, this is how many vote, you know, how many ballots were cast. We count them. They equal that same number. And then we also look at who they voted for. And this, there's, there, you know, there's just no checks and balances. The IRS will surely come and, and audit you and put you in jail if you don't pay your taxes. But our right to vote is our highest right of our land. And without it secure, we have no country. But yet, there's no checks and balances. And no matter how much we demand it, they're blatantly digging their heels in and refusing to do it. Why? Because they have something to hide. If they had nothing to hide, yeah. they would show their cards. Like I said earlier, they would say, here's our spoils of war. Here it is. Now shut your mouth because you're full of, full of it. This is, we won. <laughs> you know? But they know they didn't win. Joe Biden did not win Georgia. That's a joke. President Trump, y'all, seriously, all over my state, there's Trump flags everywhere. There's Trump signs everywhere. And it's not about him that he is God or he's this most powerful person. It's because he represented the people. You also see my signs everywhere. I've told them publicly, y'all take my signs down. They're everywhere. There are 20 signs of mine compared to one of Governor Kent right now because people want somebody like them. They're so sick of these games. They want to be represented by someone who is no normal. And President Trump, although he's a billionaire, he's normal. He he cares about freedom. We just want to be free. We don't want to live in communism. Yeah. Mm. Well, you got involved. You got you threw your hat in the ring and fought. And uh, you were telling us off the air about some of the things that have happened, about how that they came to your home in the middle of the night. Tell us tell us about some of the tactics that they use against you. So the Guidestones fell down with lightning on Wednesday. That Monday night, we had. Um, we're up late, actually. It was like 12 o'clock. We usually go to bed before then. It was the Lord, I thank, thank God. Actually, at 9 p.m., we went around our property. We have three acres with a pond, and it was raining. And I told my husband, I said, I feel like we need to go and pray over our property. And we've anointed our house, but I've never done that. And my best friend has had a dream of me doing this the day before. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. So it just time got away from me. So we got out with an umbrella. We walk our whole property at 9 p.m., pray over our property, anoint our property. And at midnight, I just got out of the shower. My kids are already in the bed. My husband's laying in the bed reading a book. And my 17-year-old comes in there and he's like, Mama, there's people with rifles in our, in our bushes. And we're upstairs, all the bedrooms are upstairs. And I said, what? He said, Mama, are they coming to arrest you? Because you know, the Guidestones thing had happened and all the news media was trying to tie me to it. Mm. And I said, well, baby, I don't know. I, I hope not. I mean, I haven't done anything wrong, but you know, I don't know. And so when I got dressed and we have about 12 cameras around our house, my parents installed that when I was running for governor because I got paranoid. And so we turn on the cameras and we can see people all around our house, about 18 officers and they have pistols drawn, they have rifles pointed. So my 14 year old in the process, the one you pray for, this type one diabetic, she opened the window and she screamed because there was a light shining in her eye we went back and looked later, and there was someone with a rifle pointed in her window with the light at the end of it, and they were saying, put your hands up. 
but she couldn't hear them, but they thought it was me because she looked so much like me. And so they couldn't tell. And they could have shot her, but we didn't know wow. that at the time. Anyway, I called 911 and I said, listen, there are people all around my house. What is going on? And she said, well, you called us. I said, no, ma'am, I didn't call you. She said, well, you did. You said you shot your husband four times and you were going to shoot yourself. And I said, okay, this Mm. is called swatting. This is a real thing. This is a lie. What never called you? And it was a calling app. So they had called on a calling app. It was a robotic voice that was a female voice. And they said they were me and they said all this. And I said, well, I'm telling you, I have not. My husband's right here. So my husband says, I'm here. I'm not shot. I said, I'm not shot. I haven't shot myself. My children are very upset. And I want them to get the rifles off my pro- off my property. <laughs> and hmm. so she said, well, you're going to have to go outside and talk to them. I, I will not go outside till they shoot me. No, ma'am. So we went back and forth for about 20 minutes. I finally went downstairs. And actually, one of the investigators on the front porch, my family calls me Candy. And he's like, Candy, open the door. I'm like, I'm not opening the door. And he said, we have to come inside and make sure you're okay. And he could see me and my husband. I said, we're fine. Why are you pushing this? And so, anyway, after about 25 minutes, I let him come inside. I didn't go outside. But it felt so violated because I couldn't come downstairs with my weapon to protect myself or I would have been shot. My law enforcement, who I love, that I work with all the time as an educator and and working with safety, they were weaponized against my family. And they loved me. They, They were trying to protect and do what they were trying to do. And it made me so upset because yeah. it can happen to anybody. And yeah. I said, this is attempted murder. They wanted y'all to, to kill me. They wanted me to come outside with my gun and y'all shoot me. That's what ha- that's happened before. And people have died from swatting. So GBI's been working on it. They have you know several leads and, and they've, been, they've been interviewing people and they're in other states. And so I know the Satanic Church, they had sent me all kind of emails with my name on satanic altars and all kind of things after the guy's stones. And so I told them Jesus had defeated Satan. And so they could do that all they wanted to. It didn't work. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing that that's happening in the United States. And then you add to that President Trump's house being raided and personal things taken. And I tell you, we're just at a place to where you can't play nice anymore. We can't sit here and just hope that something's going to change. We are in the process of losing this nation if we don't stand up. Now, I believe that we are going to recover it, but we're going to recover because we stand up and fight. And so people have to get involved. Man, we've got to start fighting this because it's it's demonic what's yeah. happening. Amen. It's awesome. Yeah, we have to push back, and we're going to do that. We're pushing back all over the country. We're being strategic. We've got to get organized. We just came back from the Truth Summit with Mike Lindell this weekend where we Every state spoke and talked about what they were doing in their in their states with the efforts to get rid of the machines and go back to accountability and paper ballots and to secure the vote. We just want who the people want. That's, That's how right. our government set up. We want whoever the people vote for. And our nation, we love Jesus. We're quiet. We're raising our families. We're paying taxes. We're working and not paying attention. And as we've done that, our country's been stolen from us. Mm-hmm. But now we're awake and we're paying attention. And we want to know what to do. And I'll, I'll tell everybody, the best thing you can do is get involved locally with your county commissioner meetings, your school board meetings, your city council meetings, your board of elections meetings, your hospital board meetings. Go to those meetings and you have your voice heard and you talk about the Lord. And you say, listen, this nation was founded on Christian principles. And the preamble of the Georgia Constitution, it says Almighty God. 
that is creator God. You can't separate church and state. We are the church and we run the state. Mm-hmm. And so you have to get in there and you have to push back. And that's what we have to do with bottom up. We have to go locally and put pressure and get rid of the machines and say, this is our government and we're taking it back. So what are your plans for the future? Are you going to contest the election or do you think you'll be running again? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I'm going to try to get rid of the machines any way that I can. And I'm, I definitely want a paper count. I think the people of Georgia deserve that. And I don't plan on running again unless the Lord tells me to run again. And as long as we have these machines, I don't, I just don't feel like that it would be in the best interest of everyone to continue to raise money and give and donate and work so hard for a fake fraudulent system. Now, don't get me wrong. I want everybody to vote. I'm going to go vote. We have to vote. Well, the minute we stop voting, they'll quit having elections. They'll say, okay, well, they don't care anymore, so they, they, they let us choose. No, we have to go exercise our right to vote, and we have to push back, and we have to say this is our elections. We're taking it back. But I just don't know about going and campaigning and all the effort from my, away from my family and my family being drug around the state and just taking donations. I mean, I take that very seriously. You know, raising half a million dollars is a lot of money to me as an educator, and it's just a lot of work for them just to steal it. And then to have your family exposed to having the police out there and potentially shooting somebody. I mean, it's amazing the tactics that they're using. Mm-hmm. But if we don't get up and fight this, it's not going to change. That's right. So. I hope they find out who did that, but Candace, you, you're an educator by background. I was curious, I wanted to ask you about what's going on in the public schools in Georgia. Is it just like, uh, you know, the rest of the country where there's LGBT indoctrination and critical race theory and all this other uh, corrupt teaching going on? You know, it is all over the state. I've heard it as I campaigned. We made some positive gains um, in the right direction with the legislators right before they closed session in April. And they, you know, said no more critical race theory. It would be banned. And, and they've come out with some of that stuff and you know, pushed it to the public schools. But it's not real clear. And so we still don't have, you know, code of ethics violations to couple with it. And so as educators, we have a certification that if we lose, we don't get paid and we can't actually work in education. So you have to hit people in their pocketbook. And so they may feel like they're liberal, they may feel like these things are okay, but if they know they won't be able to feed their family, they'll leave that at home and they'll come and just teach and do what they're supposed to do. So I really wanna see that more, I wanna see it stronger with a consequence so people won't talk about it anymore. But one thing that really disturbs me is the amount of sexualization of our kids is being pushed in the books. And you know, people, they'll say, what's the big deal about the books? Well. When you go into the media center, and that's you know something you do every day as a student, and you have these coming of age books, and they are showing, and you open them, and, and they are teaching, and it's written very sexualized, very arousing with boy on boy, girl on boy, I mean girl on girl, and it's it's normalizing it, and it's taking their innocence. It's not okay, and that's in public schools across the state. I've heard it over and over and over from educators. We've also heard about, I had a girl in Ohio two weeks ago that told me this, but I'd already heard it happened in Georgia. She was saying that she was a teacher in Ohio and that the referees, which I told Mr. Andrew about this when I saw him last time, children that are confused, they think that they're an animal and identify as an animal instead of a boy or girl. And they were using the bathroom in the floor. And so they started to put in litter boxes because it was such a mess to clean up, which I'd already heard about some schools around Atlanta that had litter boxes in there for the furries. These kind of things that they're doing, you know, we've gone from 
letting girls go in the boys' bathroom and the boys in the girls' bathroom to now we're having litter boxes. And it's, y'all, we have to stop. At some point, you can't participate in this level of insanity. You know, so, when you mentioned that to me, Candace, I thought, surely this couldn't be. And yet one of the pastors who came to our army meeting uh, in uh, Illinois, in the county right next to him, one of the teachers comes to work with ears on and a tail, and he uses a litter box in the class, in front of his classroom. No. And that is being done in the public school in Illinois. Well, Candace, what are, what are parents supposed to do right now? What can they do? It is demonic. And they, the parents have to stand up. They have to go to school board meetings. They have to say, no, we're not having this. You're not going to sexualize our kids. We're not going to participate in this. The parents have all the power. They're the ones that pay taxes, that pay for these educator salaries. And they have to say, you work for the, I work for the government. I work for the government. You have to say no more. We're not going to put up with this. We're not going to have it. You're not going to sexualize our kids. It's immoral and it is evil. It is pure demonic. It's bestiality. It's an identity problem. They don't know who they are in Christ. It's a failure of the pulpit. I don't know if somebody famous, and Mr. Andrew probably knows, but somebody famous said that the pulpit is the temperature reading of the country and, and, the, the, and the morality of the country comes from the pulpit. And so we have pastors that are scared to talk about the hard things that don't want to offend anybody. And that is a direct effect of what we're seeing. And we have to have them stand up and be strong and courageous and speak the word and speak it in truth and love. Jesus didn't mince words. He spoke the truth and he, and he didn't back down. He didn't manipulate. He just said the truth. And we have to get back to that in this country. You know, I've just been studying in Isaiah uh, the last few days and uh, Isaiah was prophesying that these prophets, the pastors had corrupted things and that they had perverted everything, calling good evil, evil good, etc., and stuff, and prophesied that, man, the wrath of God was coming on them. And so that's been happening for thousands of years. And mm -hmm. right there in Georgia, we got Raphael Warnock, who claims to be a minister, and yet this guy stands for everything that God is against. And we've got to get rid of these wolves and sheep clothing and we've got to have people who are godly stand up and start speaking the truth. Amen. Appreciate what you're he doing. Literally, he's literally justified abortion with the scripture. Raphael there, Warnock. There is no justification for it. No, and he had Fidel Castro come and, and, and do a whole service at his church. It is so messed up what that man's done and, and, been, a, and been glorified for it by the Democrat Party. I don't understand. You cannot make it make sense. I know people who vote Democrat who have just always been Democrat. They don't agree with it. Sometimes they'll vote for a person that's Republican just because they like the person, but their identity is there. And I tell them all the time, my identity is not the Republican Party. My identity Amen. is in Christ. Amen. And I'm going to vote for the person. Vote for the person, but don't just blindly follow a party with this ideology that is evil and demonic, and it's going to it's ushering communism into America. It's already here. we got to stop the madness. We have to be unified. The devil always comes to divide and conquer. He wants us to look like we're racially divided. He wants us to look like we're divided with all the social issues. It's a lie. It's not true. Right. We are more alike than we are different. There's way more of us than there are of the 1% radical, left, insane people. Right. Most of us want goodness for people. We want people happy and whole, and we want people healthy, and we want less government control in our lives. We don't want to be raided by the FBI like President Trump or 
have attempted murder on my life because people get offended because I say that a satanic monument is wrong and shouldn't be in my state. Amen. And I agree with you 100%. I appreciate you, Candace, standing up and doing this. Well, so there in the state of Georgia, we've got, just like everywhere else around the country, we've got important elections coming up. Um, who do you, who are you telling people to vote for in, in Georgia right now, Candace? Oh my gosh. You know, I haven't conceded my election. Obviously, I'm going to go and vote in the primary, I mean, in the general. And obviously, I'm going to vote Republican in the general. That's a fact. Well, just because leave governor out of it then. <laughs> what about the other races? <laughs> but but that, but all of them. I mean, we got the Secretary of State. We got we got Brad Raffensperger, who I do not want to vote for at all. But I'm going to go vote Republican. You know, it's all of our races. I do want to vote for Jones. He's running Lieutenant Governor, and he's a he's a Georgia Bulldog too, and he's a good guy. And of course, I want to vote for Herschel. So there's there are people that I want to vote for, but there's a lot that I don't want to vote for. But I'm going to vote Republican. I just want to know that our vote's actually going to count. It's scary when you don't know, are they playing with this? Are they going to do the same thing they did in 2020 and make Georgia look blue? We know we're red and there's nothing we can do about it. It's, it's a scary place to be in, in Georgia. It, it doesn't make sense. When we went to this truth summit this weekend with Mike Lindell, everybody was talking about Georgia is so bad and y'all are in the Bible Belt and y'all are conservative. How is it so bad? You have all Republican leadership, just like you said a while ago, it doesn't make sense. And at some point, I just believe it's going to break. God's going to do a miracle in Georgia. We have prayer intercessors praying all over the state. And like I said, they're going to the, all these board meetings. They're pushing back locally. And at some point, we're going to get a judge that's a righteous judge that's going to say, okay, we're done with this. We're going we're to take this state back or we're gonna get a congressperson or a senator or a house member that just comes clean and says, okay, no more. And the conviction of the Lord is so strong on them that they cannot do this any longer. You know, I've had some people tell me this is just the fulfillment of prophecy and things are gonna go this way and so there's no point in fighting it. But my response to that is, even if things don't change and if we can't get the vote to where it's honest vote and stuff, I'm still not gonna cooperate with it. I'm gonna speak against it. Some people evaluate whether they will do anything, whether they think they're going to win or not. Mm. That's really not the ultimate thing. We have to do what's right regardless of whether we can see it's winning or not. And I appreciate you, Candace, for standing up and doing something. And Truth and Liberty's taking a stance. We got tens of thousands of people watching this broadcast tonight. I believe it's making a difference. Before we go to some questions, do you have a website or anything that people could go to and get information about you? Yeah, I started a, a show because my supporters want to hear from me still, and I'm not running, so I just do it once a week on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But you can go to CandaceTaylor.com, and y'all can follow me there, and all my social media is there. And I'd love for y'all to watch the show, and if you want to come on the show and be interviewed, I'd love to do that too. So y'all just come and follow me there. And when I do get my 5014C, I will post that, and, and y'all can donate. We're not there yet, but for litigation, well, I want to help people fight back and it's expensive. I mean, attorneys have to make money too. They're, we have them working for free all over this country, really. And I see them doing it. They're working for free because they're patriots too, but yeah. you know, they have to mm -hmm. make a living to feed their families. Yeah, we had to sue our uh, Colorado governor twice and we had uh, 
First uh, Liberty Council that represented us, and they did it for free. Now, we gave them some money, but, I mean, there's a lot of godly people out there who are taking a stand, and you're one of them. We're some of them. Praise God. If all of us do our part, we're going to see the same turnaround. That's right. You know, John Quincy Adams said, duty is ours, results are God's. That's right. That's yeah. a good way of saying it. Oh, I love he, it. He fought against slavery in the U.S. House yep. for 35 years, yep. and they even put a gag order on him because they were sick of hearing about it. But eventually... You know, the truth won out. So that's, I, I like that. Well, we got some questions. You Let's go to some questions. questions. All right, here's one, uh, Candace. Um, Major League Baseball decided to relocate the All-Star game after Georgia passed its election reform law uh, and uh, because they called it the new Jim Crow. Do you have any thoughts about that? Did it have any impact on what happened in Georgia? Yeah, it was a publicity stunt from Stacey Abrams, the whole thing. and. It was trying to, you know, hurt Governor Kemp, and it was just, it was ridiculous because he had opened the economy up with the, with the, you know, the mask and, and letting people be capitalistic <laughs> and helping Georgia's economy. And I, I, I applaud him for doing what he did. That was awesome. He did that. He didn't get rid of the masks and enough in schools, and he should have kept on going. He got intimidated by Stacey Abrams and, and kind of bent back there. But she did that. She did that whole thing. And Major League Baseball was for entertainment. They're in a box on our screen. They have no place in government and decide in the morality of this country and of Amen. this state. Amen. And they need to watch themselves. Mm. What was the results in Atlanta? They were they did that to hurt the economy. Did did them move oh, in the all star? Oh, we thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah. But, but but you know what? God blessed it. We were fine. <laughs> they <laughs> we did. We lost a lot of money. But the Braves ended up winning the World Series. So that's how God Isn't that out. great? <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. That's awesome. Yeah, they've probably made that back. Uh, well, so uh, I remember not in 2020, but the election cycle before that, Stacey Abrams was complaining about election fraud. So the Isn't question, it funny? do you remember that? So now the question here from one of our viewers is, how does Stacey Abrams get away with questioning election results when she loses, uh, but uh, and is celebrated by the media when it seems like everyone else is being censored for it? Yeah, you know, I think that she should have had a count. She should have gotten a paper count then. Why not? There's nothing to hide. Show all the cards. I don't know that she didn't cheat and he didn't cheat back because I don't know how he only beat her by 50,000 votes. I believe he beat her by way more than that. So I don't know what happened in 18, 2018, but Stacey definitely knew there was something not right. But she backed off for some reason because maybe she wasn't doing everything on the up and up either. It's a mess. I'm telling you, it's such a mess. It's hard to predict. But why shouldn't we have accountability? We should. We should have counted the votes then. We should count the votes in 2020. We should count the votes in 2022. It should be transparent. It's our elections. They're our machines. Our tax money paid for them. It's our government. So anything they're telling us, no, you can't, no, we're not doing that. We had in Cherokee County, which is right outside of Atlanta, we had the, the board of elections that was willing to count the paper. And I'm telling y'all, I know I won Cherokee big. So I'm like, thank the Lord, let's, let's count the paper. So we go, they go in there and they're going to vote and they're going to open the unseal the ballots. They're going to count the paper. When an attorney came from the Secretary of State, sent an attorney, and they threatened that board, if you count these ballots, every ballot you count, we're going to charge you $5,000 a ballot. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of ballots in that one county. Just threatened them, intimidated them. It's all on video. 
And that is what we're dealing with in Georgia. It is complete insanity. They refuse to count it. We've done everything we can do, and we're not going to stop. We're, we're going to be a thorn in their side. We're going to keep on and on and on and be led by the Lord. He's going to give us creative ideas. He does every day. We try this. It doesn't work. We try this. We try, we'll get an inch. We'll go here. We're going to take the state back. We're going to get it back. And every th all these tactics they've done, it's not going to work. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, that is amazing. It's one thing that they wouldn't recount the ballots, but then to threaten them with a fine, that's just demonic. It's well, third world country stuff. We've got a county clerk here in Colorado that dared to make a copy of an election machine server, and uh, they brought the full force of the law down on her, not worrying about whether they're, you know, what happened to 29,000 uh, digital files that were deleted by the Secretary of State. Instead, they're worrying about this clerk, you know, going in there and making, trying to preserve the evidence. That's uh, terrible. Yeah. Well, uh, we got a, another question here, Candace, which is that um, going back to the subject of education for a second, Joe Biden's administration is requiring schools all over America to have open bathrooms and other rules promoting trans policies and threatening to block funding for school lunches if they don't comply. Is that taking place in Georgia? And do you have any thoughts as an educator about, about that situation? Well, first of all, the Department of Education federal level should never even been a thing. They have no right to even be open. Jimmy Carter did that from Georgia. Thank you, Jimmy. Should mm. have never happened. They need to close the Department of Education down immediately. We need a we need a governor that'll stand back and say we're sovereign and the federal government's not going to infringe on education. Education belongs to the state. We don't have I mean, we do have some schools that have bathrooms that are like unisex bathrooms. I've heard all about them. But I have not seen that where I am. But I know that they're there because I've had other teachers across the state that, that have said that they're there and they, you know, have a bathroom that they allow you know, children that are confused to go into or whatever. Um, I don't feel like the pressure from our lunches and that kind of thing that's coming down. I haven't seen that in, in South Georgia where we feel pressure to comply. I will say that there's a surplus of money. Um, we do have that in Georgia, and I really feel like that they'll they'll use that money if they had to, that they would not allow the federal government to come in and, and do that here. And what's funny about that is, look how conservative we are. And I'm going to sit here and tell you, no, we're conservative. We're not going to allow that in Georgia. I believe they won't, but then our elections are like they are. Isn't it crazy? That's how yeah. conservative our state is. We're very conservative, but then our elections are all like they are. Mm. All right. Well, so uh, talking to teachers in the public schools, I, I, what I'm hearing about uh, gay books in the library because we've been looking into that but that well we got to serve all the students they say um, but when these books are promoting a destructive lifestyle uh, how what's an educator supposed to do what's a teacher supposed to do Candace you're in that profession I'm just curious what your perspective is you want the kids to feel loved but you don't want to encourage them to do stuff that's immoral and, and destructive it's actually a different level for me because I'm in the counseling area and so it's hard because you know you have students that come to you and they are confused about who they are and you can't just push and say no you know you need to be saved or you need to do this you need to do that because that's not appropriate either and actually it's not going to help them because then they feel judgment so you know loving them and helping them feel confident in who they are as a person you know that's that's how i always start when i'm working with a student as far as the books and what 
what we're seeing, why are they even having any books that are sexualized in the, in the library? Why do we have to have novels that even talk about this stuff? It's, it's academics. We should, be, we should be having books that's about history or biology, science, whatever. We shouldn't even be doing this. Let's just stop it. Maybe, you know, for years they've had these romance novels in there and it's inappropriate anyway. They just need to quit doing it. We have to quit sexualizing our kids. That is the parent's job to teach their children. There's so much on TikTok and all the social media as it is. We don't need to sexualize it in, in schools too. They, have, they get enough outside of the public school system for us to be going and stepping into that role. It's a parental role. It's really a slippery slope for educators to do. I don't even know why anybody would want to go there. I certainly don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to take that role from that parent. And I surely don't want anybody doing that with my personal kids. We would have a lawsuit. So they need to back off. I think that, you know, they've overstepped themselves. They've overplayed their hand. The federal government, they have on their Department of Education website, if you go there, I know last year, they probably did it again. I haven't actually watched it this year. But they had a welcome video. And in their welcome video, it was a civil rights, Office of Civil Rights. And they were telling the students that if they feel confused, if they feel like that they're, you know, have, want to identify with other pronouns or they or them, maybe they're non-binary and all this ter terminology now that's not just, you know, gay or straight or, or male or female or, or transgender, it's all this other stuff. But if they feel the need to talk to someone and nobody would listen, that they can actually file a, a civil rights complaint with the federal government. And it was telling the students how to do that. And I'm like, what are wow. you doing? Wow. What is going on here? Mm -hmm. and, and this is being... This is being pushed from the Federal Department of Education on the website where any kid can look at it. And at some point, we as Americans have to say, no, you're not going to do this anymore. Stop. Well, you know, all of the intimidation that you're talking about that you've endured personally and then all of the voter fraud and stuff, it may make some people feel like, what's the use? But I would just like to emphasize that going to your local school board, your city council meetings, you can have a direct effect right there. And that's where it really starts. You know, we've got tens of thousands, maybe 100,000 people watching this. And if everybody just got involved on the local level and began to make a difference, it would affect the entire nation if people begin to do that. So we just need to get involved. That's right. You know, and like uh, here locally, all, all we did to find out about the gay books in the library was go on the school's website and you could search the library. Any parent could have done it. We got that. criticized for that. Yes. They said that we are doing all kinds of stuff, but we aren't through yet. It's it, the battle's not over. It's just begun. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. And well, it's not it's not and it's not just books at middle school and high school. I want to point this out. There's something called comprehensive sex education. Yeah. And there are books that are in primary and elementary schools that teach children how to self pleasure. They talk about feeling like they're another gender. All of these things in cartoon pictures that are very friendly that you would see to cover the book and you think, oh, that's just a normal book. And you open it and it's quite disturbing. And so because so much is on the Internet, you know, on the platforms that we pay for through our school systems, you don't know that that content is there because you've got thousands and thousands of books. So you have to go into it in school, you know, make sure that your, your librarians and your media specialists are doing this. You go in there and you put a block on those books. Anything with comprehensive sex education, you get that out of your public schools. They have the kids have no business looking at it. Well, Candace, you're on a board of education. How do those books even get into the library? I mean, do the individual librarians solicit these, or is it something national like the Department of Education that's pushing them, or what's happening? 
well, it's like a database now. Where, where you know, yeah, some some media specialists they they send you free books, they send you sample books, and, and those come in. And if you don't read them and really pay attention, stuff will slip in that shouldn't slip in, and some stuff's innocently slip in. You have to be really careful with that and review those books. But now with the database and everything being so digital, and like we were out for COVID, and and everything was just you know online. There's databases with thousands of books that these schools have access to at their fingertips. And they're all different genres and they're all categorized different you know, grade levels and all of that. And if you're not vigilantly paying attention and searching that out and knowing what to look for and knowing keywords to search and put in the right restrictions in the settings, the kids have access to that at five, six years old to read and take a, take a test on it, take an accelerated reader test or take a comprehension test on it. Wow. So it's vital that you go into your school board, you go into those settings and you make sure that they're blocked. Mm. So what we're doing in our local area, we have actually, what, 50 something books that have been uh, targeted as sexual uh, things. And we've got people on my staff that are reading this. I, I apologize to them for doing it, but they're reading it and they're pulling out these things and we're compiling it and we're going to go present it to the school board and mm -hmm. say that this is wrong and we've got to change it. Yep. So you can do that. Yeah. Yep. Well, Candace, I, I don't want tonight to go without at least getting your thoughts on uh, the politicization of law enforcement. You know, you ran for governor there in Georgia, but in the news, you know, we saw what happened to Donald Trump. And it's just like the latest thing where the, the Justice Department and the FBI are being used uh, apparently for political purposes. And just wondering, what are we going to do about that in America? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I just want to say that I love law enforcement. We are a nation of law and order. That is how we were established. We honor them. They risk their lives. They get paid nothing for risking their life every single day. Amen. And I love law enforcement. I love law enforcement in my county. I love my sheriff. I love every one of them. They are wonderful people. And the government weaponizing them and people, evil people, people that you know want to hurt you, weaponizing law enforcement against you is the worst kind of, I don't know, it's like overstepping a boundary. It's just totally, it's an infringement on my right. And it was awful and it's wrong. And I know that President Trump, after he was president and he had the FBI there working and, and you know helping with cases that were you know, to protect our country and then being used against him. I can only imagine how that felt. It's an infringement. It's just, it's awful. And we should not have to deal with this in America. And the news don't cover that. They spin it their way. They brainwash people. That's what they do for a living. That's what they want to do. And yeah. they want us to be little robots and then tell us and dictate to us and let's just say yes and, and go on. People have to use their brain. They need to read the word of God for themselves, let the word speak to them, let the Holy Spirit speak to them, and they need to make decisions for their family together. And don't listen to the media and just go along like sheep. We are called to be lions. We're called to be courageous. Mm -hmm. And we have to step up and we have to do our part. And it's not meant for everybody to run for office. I understand that. But you can do your part locally. You can do something. And you can get in and you can vote and you can get other people to vote. Amen. We're going around the state and getting pastors to where they're going to start presenting things in their church and encouraging their people to register and get in and make a difference. You know, if we had every pastor that truly loves God just stand up and preach the truth. I heard a message Sunday at church where he was talking about it's the failure of the previous generation to this generation that hasn't educated them on truth and that we got to get out there and start doing that. If every pastor would preach a message like that, we'd see this nation turn around. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah.
Absolutely. So we can do it. It's just a matter of getting people to where they are thinking about somebody besides themselves and getting out there and taking the hits like what you've talked about. We're just about out of time, Candice, but again, would you please give your uh, website and tell people what they get if they go there, how they could get involved. Yes. Y'all please go to CandiceTaylor.com. Y'all follow me. I, it was my honor to be here tonight. Y'all go to watch my show, our Candice Tyler show. I had a really good show with two sheriffs. We want the sheriffs to stand up, constitutional sheriffs all over this country. They have a lot of power. And so we want to encourage them. And I did a great show with, with Sheriff Mack and Sheriff Darleaf. And so I'd love for y'all to go watch it. And I thank y'all for having me. I love Jesus. I love y'all. And and we got, we're in this together. I'm over here in Georgia, but we're still in this together. Amen. Jesus, guns, and babies. That was her slogan. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's <right>. awesome. <laughs> well, we love you, Candace, And uh, keep us I informed really about your daughter, too. And I believe that she's going to continue to improve. And she's over that type 1 diabetes. Yeah. Her, her pancreas is working. So thank you for being with us. And we also want to thank all of you who are watching tonight. Remember that we do this every Monday night at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And we have on guests just like Candace. We've had on Governor Huckabee. We've had on congressmen, congresswomen. We've had on people who've challenged the vote and that uh, have talked about all of these things, 2,000 mules. And mm -hmm. we deal with a lot of issues that you may not hear other places. And so we encourage you to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And I also want to thank CTN for carrying this on their network and Paul Land Landato and all of the other people there for doing this. And Praise God, what a blessing. You know, if each one of us does our part, I believe we're going to see this thing turn around. We are in the third great awakening, and it's going to change this nation. Amen. So thanks again to Candace. Thanks to all of you for being a part of this. God bless you. Good night, and we'll see you again next week, Monday night, 6 p.m. Mountain Time for Truth and Liberty. God will come through. Miracles are waiting for you, but not if you stay in the boat. It is vital for the church to be the salt of the earth and have the God-intended righteous influence on our culture and community. Faith doesn't give you the whole picture. God doesn't tell you every step along the way. He says, trust me. Is the finish line how much stuff you can accumulate before you die and leave it all behind? Or is the finish line standing before God? We must rebuild the United States of America, this constitutional republic under God. The time is now. We cannot wait any longer. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.